0: Greetings and what is up? This is another episode of the Fan Section Podcast. I'm your host today, Tyson Quiller. And uh, just sort of continuing to lay the groundwork here a little bit for the upcoming college basketball season. Uh, Don't worry, Alan and I will continue to be pushing out good content, our thoughts, our views on college football as it comes down the stretch. But for this episode today... Uh, I'm just going to sort of lay the groundwork. You you may remember before the college football season, we ran through each conference. We did previews. We talked about players to watch, teams to watch, Um, and my power rankings. I have my power rankings prepared now for the college basketball season. There are 358 teams in Division I college basketball. So, uh, no, we will not be going through every team, but uh, we will highlight the major conferences, the major teams, that are going to be competing for spots in the NCAA tournament. And then I'm going to give kind of wide, broad strokes over where I have certain teams lining up in each of the conferences. Because as we we know, in basketball, unlike in football, there will be a member from each conference represented in the NCAA tournament at the end of the year in the field of 68. And uh, man, basketball is so much fun. It's a great time of the year right now promising new basketball seasons getting started, a lot of fun watching basketball during the week, and then you get to the weekend, and it's really important, serious uh, football games that are going to determine who's in the New Year's Six Bowls, who's in the playoff, uh, and who's going to be competing for conference titles uh, at the uh, come December. So it's just a really fun time right now. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I think maybe what I'll just go ahead and do is start by saying, obviously, our intro, this is the Fan Section Podcast, uh, made by fans for fans. Alan and I are just a couple of buddies talking college, dropping knowledge, from the bleachers to the suites. Um, you know, we we just we appreciate your feedback. We appreciate your um, suggestions. And uh, if, you, if there's any specific content you want us to go into deeper, or, you know, we just had our first interview of the podcast, if that's something that you were interested in, the interview with uh, Justin Yarrow but, uh, from... Uh, Michigan, uh, Michigan, uh, about Michigan football. If that's something that you have interest in, let us know. We can reach out and try and find other people to interview. Uh, But, anyways, let's dive into the Pac 12 conference. The uh, 2021 2022 season has begun. Uh, On Tuesday this week were the first games. I understand I'm a little behind on this, but I'm trying to. Trying to get caught up as quickly as possible. Hopefully people won't think, you know, well, because this team played, you know, Southeast Mississippi A&M, now all of a sudden I'm going to have some better insight uh, as to how that team's going to operate. That's, that's not the case. We haven't gotten really to meaningful games, except for, obviously, Kansas looked very impressive over Michigan State. And in, in the battle of the stud freshman, uh, Kentucky lost to Duke. And uh, you know one of the real high flying freshmen that was highlighted coming into the season was this kid Ty Ty Washington at Kentucky. He does have you know almost like a hundred thousand dollar sponsorship already with name image and likeness. He uh, kind of went into a shell in that game. He was dominated by uh, several of these outstanding athletes on Duke's basketball team. So those are kind of the meaningful games. Something to keep in mind related to the Pac-12 this Friday. This Friday. UCLA is going to be hosting Villanova. I mean, that's got to be one of the games of the week. Uh, it's going to be very, very enjoyable. It is isn't a late, later game. So, you know, set your alarms to get, uh, get up a little bit later at night so that you can watch this game. But it's going to be a, a ton of fun. Real quick, let's recap how the Pac-12 finished last season. We had five teams from the Pac-12 that made the NCAA tournament. Uh, Those five teams were UCLA, obviously, uh, Oregon, Colorado, uh, USC, and Oregon State. And the standings from last year's Pac-12 finished up. Pulling it up right now. They finished up as follows. Oregon won the conference, USC finished second, the Colorado Buffaloes finished third, UCLA fourth, and then obviously UCLA went on to make that miraculous run from the first four to the final four, only losing in uh, overtime to Gonzaga. Finishing fifth is Arizona, and sixth was Oregon State, Stanford finished seventh, and then we finish out with Utah, Arizona State, Washington State, Washington, and just a really, really bad Cal Golden Bears team. Berkeley doesn't have a ton to cheer about these days, although Colorado just lost to Cal not too long ago in football. So, uh, but let's let's go ahead and break down each of these teams and what sort of my review of each of these teams and my scouting report is. I'm going to spend a lot more time obviously on the teams that I think are uh, going to be competing to, to have you know top four, top five that might have a chance to make the NCAA tournament. So, my my uh, preseason prediction for the conference champion, like everyone else, is the UCLA Bruins. They finished last year uh, fourth in the conference, 22 and 10 on the year, 13 and 6 in the conference. And Mick Cronin's squad just really gelled as a unit in the NCAA tournament last year. The question will be, was that a hot stretch or true progress? Like I mentioned, you know, we're going to get a pretty good idea of the answer to that tomorrow night when Villanova tips off. Against the UCLA Bruins in uh, poly Pavilion, UCLA is also going to be facing the number one ranked Gonzaga Bulldogs five games later uh, at the start of December. So, you know, we're going to find out real quick if this team is the team that uh, a lot of people think it is. I, this is a this is a team that I have ranked number one in the country as they return all five starters from the tournament run. Ime Jaquez, Johnny Juzang will unquestionably be first team all conference players. Potentially, potentially, both of them could be first team all Americans. But uh, don't forget about Jules Bernard, just flat out athleticism. Tiger Campbell at the point, and the big man underneath, Cody Riley. He just uh, wreaks havoc down there. Uh, this is a solid all the way through team. They're tested and proven, and the rich get richer. The number 12 recruit in the nation, Peyton Watson. As well as a six-foot-ten Rutgers transfer, Miles Johnson will add some length, averaging eight points and eight and a half rebounds, two and a half blocks per game last year. With all this talent, it's—I mean—it just is Final Four or bust for this team. My only concern is with so many mouths to feed. Will you lose kind of that spark or that connective tissue that brought them together last season? They were very—it was kind of like a brotherhood, a very cohesive unit, and there was weren't really. They reminded me a lot of, like, the uh, the Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, Ben Wallace Pistons, where there wasn't really a, a stud. They just played really well as a team. And my question now is just you've got now, you know, one of the top recruits coming off of the bench, this uh, Rutgers transfer who's a flat-out stud. Uh, you know, how are you going to work in minutes for everybody? Could there be a little erosion? We will see. That's the challenge for Mick Cronin and his UCLA Bruins, I have UCLA finishing the season 28-3, 17-3 in conference. So that means, yes, I have UCLA beating Villanova as well as Gonzaga in the non-conference. I believe the three losses that they're taking are at, uh, let's see, at Colorado, at... Arizona and at Oregon at the end of the season, they're going to be a very talented team, but it is just extremely, extremely difficult to go undefeated, and, and I think this, this is clearly the best team in the Pac-12 Conference. The second best team that I have in my power rankings, I have them ranked number 23 overall, are the Oregon Ducks. Now, they won the conference last year, finished 21-7, 14-4 in the conference, Dana Altman has had to reload. Uh, you know, this, this Ducks squad that was the reigning regular season champions from last year uh, and, and performed well in the NCAA tournament. I mean, they made it to the Sweet 16, lost to a very, very hot USC Trojans team. Uh, the Ducks lose all-conference guard Chris Duarte, who averaged 17 points and three assists per game. He's off to the NBA. They also lost two players to graduation and three to the transfer portal. Their high-energy big man, Eugene O'Marui is playing up in Canada now. The Duck squad will have a very, very different look. I think we can just be sure of that. However, they bring in stud Oklahoma transfer, the guard, Davion Harmon, who averaged 13 points, 3.5 rebounds, and 2 assists per game last year. He's a, he's a real high-energy guy, um, and, and it'll be interesting to see how they pair him with senior guard Will Richardson, who's really probably the, the leader and the captain of the team. He could very well be the conference player of the year, Will Richardson. This may well be the best backcourt in the conference as well. You could see the Ducks trip up a little bit early. That's sort of my anticipation uh, with all this turnover. But I anticipate they get stronger and stronger throughout the year. Uh, A good early season measuring stick game for them is on November 16th when they uh, welcome a pretty talented BYU Cougar squad to Matthew Knight Arena up there in Oregon. I think, like I said, I think they may trip up a little bit early, but they get they'll probably be one of the hotter teams in the country down the stretch of the season. I have them finishing 22 and seven, 14 and six in the conference. And please keep in mind these records that I am projecting are pre-conference tournament. So entirely possible that a team. You know, can get very hot like Oregon State did last year, make a run through the conference tournament, win it, get an automatic bid, and then they obviously went all the way to the Elite Eight. That's unlikely, but possible. So, so I'm not counting in wins or losses in the conference tournament. Uh, I just wanted to uh, bring that up real quick. The next three teams that I have... Uh, I have them in my power rankings ranked number 31, 32 and 35. So these teams are basically interchangeable. But third in the Pac-12, I have the Arizona Wildcats. They are uh, they finished 5th last year in the Pac-12 conference, 17 and 9, 11 and 9 in conference. Uh, you know, the Wildcats fired their embroiled coach Sean Miller in the offseason and the new head coach Tommy Lloyd seems to have his hands full. Arizona players are also very active in the transfer portal, including their star point guard, James Akinjo, who transferred to Baylor in the offseason. But they have a ton of talent. Sophomore uh, Kerr Carissa uh, himself, he had entered the transfer portal until Sean Miller was fired and then he returned to the team, Uh, will be in charge of leading the the Wildcats at point guard this year. Most of the offensive sets are going to run through their 6'11 forward, Azulis Tubelis. Uh, and the kid, uh, Dalen Terry, adds a really solid spot-up three threat. Those of us who've been following Pac-12, Pac-12 uh, basketball know Arizona's always super talented, and they just, for some reason, they haven't been able to get over the hump of being a top, top two, top three competitive team. Again, like I said, I have them at three right now, but I think they're interchangeable with my fourth and fifth best team. Like I said, this is a young team coming off of a coaching change, a lot of transfer portal activity. I wouldn't be surprised to see them, like Oregon, have kind of a slow start, uh, but then sort of mesh together and get better as the season progresses. I have them projected to go 22-8 and on the season, 14-6 and in the conference. And then at fourth in the Pac-12 conference, number 32 in the country, I have the Colorado Buffaloes. Colorado finished third in the Pac-12 last year with a 23 and nine record, 14 and six in the conference. Uh, you know, Tab Boyle just continues to do what, uh, what we all know he's very good at. Colorado brings in the number 15 recruiting class in the country, according to Rivals.com, and they're going to need all the help they can get. Three-time All Pac-12 conference guard McKinley Wright left a massive, massive pair of shoes to fill at the point guard position. The Buffs will be hoping sophomore Keyshawn Bartholomew is up to the task. You know, we saw some offensive performance out of him last season that sort of hint at some promise. Uh, However, he's yet to prove that he can orchestrate the offense uh, against a superior opponent. That You know, really the technical basketball setting up, setting up pick and roll, setting up uh, uh, screeners and backdoor cuts like McKinley Wright was so successful at doing. I really don't see much drop-off from Dallas Walton to... Tristan De Silva, and you've also got the 7-1 freshman Levering coming in. But uh, but the Buffs also have to replace 10 points and 6 rebounds per game from grad transfer Jariah Horn, as well as 9 points, 4 rebounds per game from Deshaun Schwartz. You know, Deshaun Schwartz kind of had a little bit of a, a, a drop in production last year from the year before. You know, he he's really... Uh, I thought he was more productive, honestly, two years ago in the uh, 2019-2020 season, and there was a little bit of drop-off in production. Maybe that's because, you know, you bring in a Jariah Horn, some of these other guys can shoot. Um, But, yeah, you know, he's transferred to George Mason University now. Uh, But for the Buffaloes, the, um, the spark plug, really just rebound machine, Evan Batty returns, as well as sophomore stud Jabari Walker. The Buffs need to have Jabari Walker who is ranked 50th best player in the country by Lindy Sports, to be more aggressive off the ball uh, and stay in the top four. uh, Let's see. uh, Oh, yeah. More aggressive uh, off the ball. And, like, with drives, like, with being aggressive to the rim, uh, you know, he needs to – he has all the talent in the world. He needs to – be aggressive. He, I hope – uh, I've been telling people I hope he's been working with Evan Batty in the offseason because Batty is just a junkyard dog. He has all the, all the aggression. There's no quitting him. Jabari Walker seems to be, at least last year, was a little more timid, more more likely to do fadeaway shots or even shoot three-pointers. You know, when you're his size and you have his talent, you need to work towards the rim. Uh but yeah, if the Buffs want to stay in the top four in the conference, they're going to need production out of Jabari Walker. If they can get that added production from him, the only real weakness is trying to replace the three-point production that you lose from Schwartz and Horn leaving. Uh, Colorado has potentially the most difficult early, uh, early season schedule in the Pac-12, as they get number two UCLA, number 18 Tennessee, number three Kansas, and number 13 Oregon all in the month of December. That's going to be a tough stretch. But I, I think Tad Boyle is one of the better coaches in the conference. If not, you know, I, I, I would put him right up there in the top two or three coaches in the conference. Uh, and they have, they have talent. They've got young talent to complement with, um, you know, with some more seasoned, experienced players. I have the Buffaloes going 21-8 and eight on the season, 14-6 and six in the conference. Next up in the fifth spot in the Pac-12, ranked number 35 in the country, I have the USC Trojans. Now they finished second in the conference last year, 25 and 8, 15 and 5 in the conference. Um, you know Andy Enfield's team just they just caught fire in a bottle in the tournament last year, and they made it all the way to the Elite Eight before losing to Gonzaga. The key to their success, in my opinion, was they they really kind of discovered this this two big man game underneath, uh, and no team could really compete with the Twin Towers. It was it was kind of a lot like a, a David Robinson and Tim Duncan in in the, for the San, San Antonio Spurs type situation, you know, where if you devoted resources to one side of the paint, the other dude was open on the other side of the paint. It was really difficult for them to to solve. Drew Timmy uh, was really the only one who could solve it, and he's you know preseason national player of the year for Gonzaga uh, right now. Um, you know, and 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 they, and the two of them. Mobley and Mobley, they played together well in the tournament. They did not always do that in the regular season. Uh, You know, it's almost like they were brothers. Oh, wait, they are. But little brother Evan Mobley moves on to the NBA. I think this Trojan squad is going to look a lot more like the 2019-2020 Trojans, where they finished 22-9, and, uh, I mean, you might remember there wasn't an NCAA tournament that year. But they probably would have been like a 7 seed, maybe maybe a 6. They probably would have won a game in the tournament, maybe. But, um, but this team should not be as impressive as they were last year. Now, they do bring in uh, junior Memphis transfer Boogie Ellis, who is a fantastic guard. Uh, he's certainly going to fill some of the weaknesses in their guard play. However, I don't see this USC team having – you know, the down-low presence that they did last year. USC has unquestionably the easiest non-conference schedule in the Pac-12. You know, it's between them, honestly, and Oregon State. I don't think either them or Oregon State play a single ranked team before they start conference play. So so I would say look for them to keep winning and maybe even jump up into the top 25 before conference play starts. Then I think you're going to see – Some regression at that point once they have uh, started playing some higher caliber opponents. I have them projected to go 21 and 9, 12 and 8 in the conference and finish fifth. Sixth in the Pac 12, I have the uh, number 53 team in the country, Stanford Cardinal. So Stanford finished seventh in the conference last year, 14 and 13 on the season, 10 and 10. That was a letdown. They had a ton of talent. Oscar De Silva is a dude, um, you know, and and they had the the, the top recruit, Zaire Williams, uh, came in as a freshman. I mean, he was he was like a top ten recruit in the country. And and for them to go fourteen and thirteen was really was really a dud. But this year, the Cardinal welcome in the number twenty two recruit in the country this time from Dallas, Texas, Harrison Ingram, and he is an outstanding player. They pair him with the forward, Jaden Dallaire, who's also outstanding. And, you know, they're going to be fun to watch for sure. They, they were going to be really fun to watch, the two of them at least. Not sure about the defensive capacity uh, of this team, to be honest with you. Uh, but this team looks a lot like last year with all the hype. Uh, you know, like I said, they had the number eight recruit in the country, Zaire Williams, coming in, and, and it, it just didn't work. It was a dud. Uh, I, I think it's a matter of depth for them, to be honest with you. Uh, also, by the way, you lose center Oscar de Silva, like I mentioned, who who I think was probably their best player last year. Um, look, I like Jared Haas, the head coach at Stanford. I like him a lot, but they just don't have enough to compete with the top tier of this conference. So, I think this is a this is a bubble team. they I've got them finishing 19 and 10, 12 and 8 in the conference. They have a little bit tougher non-conference uh, than some of these other teams. I think they're going to be on the bubble, and they're going to have to work when they get into the Pac-12 tournament to make the NCAA tournament. At seventh in the Pac-12 conference, number 64 team in the country, the Oregon State Beavers. Now, they finished sixth in the conference last year, 20-13 on the season, 10-10 in the conference. You know, I think Werner is one of the most underrated players in the country. This dude can straight ball. If you get a chance to watch Oregon State, this dude is a lot, a lot of fun to watch. Um, and they're going to need him, as they're going to be needing to replace their unquestioned leader, uh, guard Ethan Thompson, who moved on to the NBA this past offseason, as well as Zach Reichel, who is, was a real serious uh, three-point threat uh, and also a solid defender. He contributed about seven points, three rebounds, three assists per game. The production at guard is going to be asked out of junior um, Jared Lucas, who who he, he really got hot. He was impressive, probably one of the better players, to be honest with you, in the NCAA tournament as Oregon State made their run to the Elite Eight last year. Uh, but can he sustain it, right, is the question. Uh, he only averages about 1.2 assists per game all, all season last year. So – You know, like USC, uh, you know, I mentioned uh, the Beavers have an extremely weak non-conference schedule. They, too, could maybe, you know, slip up into the top 25, maybe less likely, I think, for them than USC. Um, But somewhere around late December, you could see one or or two or both of those teams enter into the top 25. However, once conference play begins, I just don't think they have the depth to sustain that. And so, you know, because of their, their weak schedule, I have them finishing 21 and. 9 11 and 9 in the conference um they're also going to be a bubble team you know similar to last year uh well I think they're going to be have a better record than they did last year but they they're, they're going to have to work in the in the uh, Pac-12 conference tournament to get into the NCAA tournament uh next I have Arizona State Sun Devils and listen they finished ninth in the conference last year 11 and 14 7 and 10 in conference play they had covid issues and I mean just Just a whole number of different issues. Um, You lose Remy Martin to Kansas, who was just undeniably head and shoulders, your best player on your team. And you have just a flat-out really tough schedule. Uh, At San Diego State, Baylor, at Oregon, Grand Canyon even, uh, at Creighton, and San Francisco, who's really a pretty good team, uh, out of the West Coast Conference. I have the Sun Devils losing five to six of their first ten games. You know, and and Marcus Bagley is a great player, but this might be it for Bobby Hurley, head coach, in his sixth year at Arizona State. I, I, I think, you know, I have Arizona State projected um, to finish now, what is that, eighth in the conference. I think you could see Bagley hitting the transfer portal, to be honest with you, come season's end. Uh, let me wrap things up here with the last four uh, at number Nine, I have uh, Washington State. They finished 10th last year, 14-13, and and 7-12 in the conference. Not a whole lot to say about them. These last four teams are all pretty unimpressive. Uh, At 10, I have Utah. Utah fired uh, their head coach, Larry uh, Kristowiak, in the offseason. They bring in Craig Smith from Utah State. Uh, Well, at Utah State, in his three seasons, they won two Mountain West Conference tournaments, drew an 11 seed in the NCAA tournament last year. Uh, but at Utah, I mean, senior guard, David Jenkins, and they have a seven-foot center, Brandon Carlson. They may help the Utes be competitive, uh, but, but Utah is about to be a, a legit straight-up rebuild starting later this season, early next season. Um, at, at 11, I have the Washington Huskies. And then at 12, California Golden Bears. California finished 9-20, and 3-17 in the conference last year. Cal is really bad. Like, they're significantly worse than all the other eleven teams in the conference. I do believe that. Um, and you know, okay. You know, you thought I'm I, you thought I might have forgot, but Colorado lost to Cal last year, 71 to 62 on February 13th. Just a flat, inexcusable loss. Come on, Ted. Come on, Colorado. Can't be doing that. All right, so that is that is my big picture review of each of the teams in the Pac 12. I have UCLA winning the conference. I think that they will get a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Oregon, I think, will probably be around the five, five six seed line. Uh, and then between Arizona, Colorado, and USC, you're probably going to have some, some uh, in some order, a, a six. Uh, an eight and a 10 or something along those lines. So I think you got five teams for sure that are going to make the NCAA tournament. You have two bubble teams, Stanford, like I mentioned, um, you know, and both of these teams are going to have to do some work in the conference tournament, but Stanford and Oregon state, if one of these teams gets hot and and wins the conference tournament, I think you definitely have six teams out of the, out of the PAC 12 into the tournament. Um, And it could be, could be as many as seven, I, I don't think there are seven teams that are deserving, but you know one of the things that happens with the selection committee is they, they got flat out embarrassed last year because they only picked five teams from the Pac-12, and all, every single one of those teams won at least one game. Two of them made it to the Elite Eight. I mean, it, it, that was probably the most clear takeaway uh, from a broad, big-picture scale, is there should have been at least one more Pac-12 conference team in. That probably would have been probably would have been Stanford last year. Uh, so I think you'll see. If I had to put money on, I would say there's going to be six teams from the Pac-12 that make the NCAA tournament this year for sure. UCLA, Oregon, Colorado, Arizona, and USC. Now, just real quick before we wrap things up, I want to run through. This is uh, from the media, according to the media. Pack first team, all conference team. Uh, guy I already talked about first name right off the board. Senior forward from Oregon State, Worth Alatish. I I I think this dude is going to be playing for uh, a shot at the NBA. Like I think he has really improved his stock in the last uh, in you know in the NCAA tournament and in the offseason. And if he could perform well, he could maybe move himself into the conversation of getting picked up by an NBA team. Uh, You have a sophomore forward from Arizona State, Marcus Bagley, who I I discussed. Senior forward from Colorado, Evan Batty. Uh, Junior guard from UCLA, Tiger Campbell. Guard forward, Jaime Jaques from UCLA. Johnny Juzang from UCLA. Arizona sophomore guard, Benedict Malheurin. Uh, I'm not as high as most on him that's that's also on that young Arizona team. He's only a sophomore. Uh, I already talked about this next guy, Isaiah Mobley, the junior forward from USC. <clears throat> I think you're going to see a drop off in his production cuz he doesn't have his brother to to play off of. Then you got Will Richardson, the senior guard from Oregon, and Noah Williams from Washington State. And I don't know why the media does this, but we've got what like 8 to 10 Players on the first team. I mean, come on. And then they only have five on the second team. You know, whatever. But second team, All Pac 12, Boogie Ellis, the Memphis transfer coming in to USC at guard. Uh, Quincy Guerrero, who is a forward at Oregon. Davion Harmon, I talked about the Oklahoma transfer coming in at guard. I think he could, he is a stud. I think he could probably make first team All Pac 12, to be honest with you. Jared Lucas, the other, the other, uh, a uh, player from Oregon State that I highlighted uh, at guard and Azulus uh the sophomore forward from Arizona. A couple other players that receive honorable mention, Dejon Davis from Washington, uh, Jaden Deller from Stanford, Harrison Ingram, the the stud freshman coming in at Stanford, Jabari Walker from Colorado, and then the top recruit Peyton Watson coming in for UCLA. A lot of talent in the conference. The conference is going to be showcased quite a bit. So I think if you're a Pac-12 fan, you should be pretty excited about that. Starting this Friday, I mentioned UCLA-Villanova. UCLA also plays Gonzaga. Uh, Colorado plays uh, Kansas and Tennessee. You have two teams from the conference who are going to be playing Baylor. Uh, Arizona is going to be playing at Illinois late in December. So a lot, of, uh, a lot of fun games to watch, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to do a quick little preview on the Pac-12 to get us going. And with that being said, this has been the Fan Section Podcast, a Fan Section Short, and we are out.